This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. dive in here. Um, I'm finishing up this, this sermon series, this idea of the law today. We've been walking through the, the book of Leviticus, and honestly, this has challenged me some. I told most of our church family knows that God really kind of laid something on my heart at the beginning of the year to walk through Old Testament books. Uh, we've taken on a book each month uh, so far. We started in January with Genesis and moved on to Exodus in February, and the month of March has been Leviticus. And this has challenged me to an extent because I've done my best to pull uh, what I believe God has brought to my heart, creative and relevant messages out of books that are ancient books to us, and realistically, they're bound to the old covenant where we live under the new covenant under the grace of God. But there still is so much that applies. And so I want to give you a quick run, a quick rundown. The first week, uh, we looked at sacrifice. And I told you that we can look through the entire book of Leviticus and find sacrifice. The entire book is all about the law and the guides for the priest and for the sacrifice, the regulations, the rules. And sacrifice, I told you, number one, is required. We must sacrifice. No, thankfully, we don't have to, to bring an animal in, and uh, we don't have to slaughter anything and sprinkle blood all over the altars. But we do have to sacrifice. We sacrifice ourselves. We sacrifice our time, our life, our resources. I also told you that sacrifice is intentional. You don't accidentally sacrifice something. You don't accidentally carve out time in your calendar for somebody. or for a, You don't accidentally send in your gift or your tithe. Or you don't accidentally buy somebody else's meal uh, as a gift. Sacrifice is intentional. I also told you, according to Scripture, in order for sacrifice to take place, something has to die. Something has to die. That means that something within us has to die. Something has to be given up so that that sacrifice can take place so that something else gains. So something has to die. Last week, I talked to you about the fire. Um, Nadab and Abihu were the sons of Aaron. They were priests. On their first day on the job, they uh, did not do so hot. They messed it up from the get-go. They went into the temple, and, and they were supposed to get fire from the blood blazing fire from the altar and it's believed that rather than doing that they went out they got common fire from wherever they saw on their way into the temple they put it in their fire pans which was supposed to then light up the incense which would be a sweet aroma to the Lord it would be a worship offering and when they walked into the presence of God when they entered into the tabernacle when they entered into the temple the presence of the Lord the Lord killed them both dead he said you presented the wrong kind of fire I talked to you about fire. I told you that the source of our fire matters. Where our fire comes from, the fire of our life is extremely important. I told you that the temperature of our fire matters. The longer that a fire burns, the hotter it gets. When, it, when a coal sits and it just uh, glows and it, it's, it's just kind of simmering there in the, in the fire, the longer that it stays in the heat, the longer it stays close to the source of the fire, the hotter that coal gets. You and I have a direct connection with the Father, and we no longer have to enter into the Holy of Holies through a priest by bringing in sacrifice, but rather we enter into the presence of God. 
And when we remain connected to the presence of God, the fire begins to burn hotter in our life. And as the fire begins to burn hotter, I told you that you can catch anything pretty much you want to on fire with a coal that's hot enough. I can throw a really, really, really hot coal on something that is not burning whatsoever, and it will spark fire, and it will catch on fire. And I told you lastly that the purpose of our fire matters. With the temperature of that coal, the purpose of our fire is to spread. You and I should be connected directly with the Holy Spirit. We should have a direct line of communication with God through the Holy Spirit empowering us through our life. With that, what happens is uh, the fire burns hotter. We remain in communion with the Lord, and then our fire spreads to the people around us. I don't know a better time than right now that we need the fire to spread to people that are around us. I want to talk to you today for just a moment. We're going to switch gears and look at worship. All of the weeks have kind of led up to this point. Everything ties together. Everything works together. And so we're going to finish off this conversation with a, a conversation about worship. I just told you that everything about Leviticus is about sacrifice. The, the purpose of the sacrifice was for worship. Whether it was to, to get forgiveness for sin or whether it was to offer up a grain offering or a peace offering. Every offering that was offered up was because God was worth, the presence of God in the people's life was worth the people sacrificing something they had in order to receive the presence. And so we're going to look at that a little bit deeper. Leviticus chapter 16 beginning in verse 1. This is out of the New Living Translation. These verses uh, should be on your screen. It says, do not make idols or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so that you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. You must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. I want to make sure we break up that verse 2 real quick before we move on. I want you to look at that. There's actually three different um, thoughts that's going on, three different commands of God going on here. First, he said, don't make for yourself an idol. Don't set up carved images, sacred pillars, or, or sculptured songs. But then verse 2 actually lists two. But if we're not careful, because of our modern translation of the word, we combine it together. But he says, you must keep my Sabbath days of rest. We're blessed to have a day of rest, family. When the people of Israel were brought out of the bondage of Egypt, the Egyptians worked seven days a week. It was culture for them to work all the time. And God brought his people out. And he said, you know what? You're going to be blessed. You can accomplish in six days what everybody else is going to accomplish in seven days. So take this sixth day, uh, the seventh day, and rest. Take one day set aside, put aside for me. You need to rest. You need to focus. But then the third thing he says is show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Moving on to verse 3, it says, If you follow my decrees and be careful or to obey my commands, I will send you seed the seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crops, and trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will develop or will overlap the grape harvest, and the grape harvest will overlap the season of planting grain. You will eat your field and live securely in your own land. I'll give you peace in the land. You'll be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I will rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. In fact, you will chase down your enemies and slaughter them with your swords. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. I'll look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people. I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you'll need to clear out an old grain to make room for new harvests. 
that's an awesome thought process when we're looking at this season, this time we're living in. I pray that God would send harvest to our churches during this time. We would see people come to know him. There was a report uh, last week that came out through one of our online platforms that, that hosts a, a bunch of churches. 28,000 people uh, decided to have a salvation moment last week alone by watching a service online. And we have no idea. That's only through one source. That's only through one platform. God is removing old grain for new harvest to come in. That's an incredible thing. Um, he said in verse 11, I will live among you. I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held high. I want us to look at this for a moment. God's given a very clear instruction. His first three commandments, the first part of this verse of scripture again is, you should not have any other idols. I am the Lord, your God. You're to keep the Sabbath holy. You're to separate a time of worship for me. You're to recognize that I must have priority. I must have a place in your life. There must be some point in time that you set aside everything else for just a little while to worship me. And you reverence my sanctuary. In modern times, we have, have called our worship centers our places with our pews and our walls we've called them sanctuaries but realistically what the sanctuary was when God's given this command is it was the place that housed the presence of God it was the place in the temple that the ark of the covenant sat and it was the place that that the people knew the, the high priest could enter into and he literally would have a connection he would have a direct line with the direct presence of the almighty God and God said make no false idol Keep my Sabbath day holy and protect, reverence my sanctuary, the place of my presence. I want to talk to you for a moment about worship. See, I've thought through this process hard and I've, I've asked God to kind of give me some direction through this entire series. One thought that's been so interesting to me is we, we read this entire book under the old covenant. What does that mean? Well, before Jesus came... All these sacrifices had to take place. Before Jesus showed up on the scene, all of this had to take place. It all had to be in order. The, the sacrifices, the animals, everything had to be down to a T by the law of God. You keep the law, you keep your life. You follow the order. We saw what happened to Nadab and Abihu when they entered into the presence of God with the wrong kind of fire. They disobeyed the simple instructions of a priest for the, for the house of God. And because they disobeyed the instruction, they were instantly killed. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for grace today. I'm thankful that whenever I walk in with, and I'm having a bad day and I walk in and there's something that's just not quite right for me personally, that God don't strike me dead, but he recognizes that I'm human and he had to send his son to give me grace and to give me favor to make it through that day. I'm not struck down when I enter into the presence with the wrong kind of fire. I want to give you three different thought processes about worship. First of all, true worship is authentic. When the people brought the sacrifices to the house, when they brought the sacrifices to the tabernacle, to the tent of meeting, the place of the altar, it was very real. 
You heard the sounds, the, the, the sounds of the goats crying out, the sounds of the sheep, the cows bellowing out, and, and you heard the sounds of the knives slashing through. You heard the sounds of the fire crackling over on the altar. You smelt the smells. Some smells were no good. Some smells were the nasty smells of the animals that were about to be offered up for sacrifice. Some smell was the smell of the burning flesh. Some smell was the good smell of the incense, the aroma of the incense. You heard the sound, you smelled the smell. I believe there was probably even a taste in the air. Things were different. The atmosphere was completely different on the Day of Atonement when they showed up to bring their sacrifices to the temple. It was authentic. It was real. We no longer do that, but that doesn't mean that our worship under this new covenant, under this new agreement with God, what is the new covenant? The new covenant is God's son is Jesus who was sent to die on a cross for you and for I that we may have life and have life more abundantly, that we may have life eternally with him. All we have to do is confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus is the Lord and therefore we have life. That's the covenant. That's all there is to it. We confess that Jesus is Lord. We believe that Jesus is Lord and now we're in the, we're in the family of God we no longer bring in the sacrifices Jesus was the sacrifice worship was authentic when they brought the sacrifices to the temple our worship must be pure we talked about it we've already discussed it now Nadab and Abihu obviously showed up with a defiled worship when their fire came from the common fire rather than the altar of God their incense didn't burn purely their incense could no longer be a sweet aroma rising up to God. Rather than sweating and smelling the sweet aroma of worship, he killed the two priests. See, their worship was convenient. If we're not careful, we have convenient worship. I worship when I feel like it. I worship when I have nothing else to do. Chances are it's awkward for you to sit at home in your living room and lift up your hands to watching a TV screen or watching a computer screen. Because it's not convenient. It's not in our culture. We've created this culture of church that looks nothing like what the church looked like when it was first started. And so now we've created this situation where we need to be sitting in, in the walls of a church. We need to be sitting with a worship team standing in front of us, reading lyrics off of a screen so that we can lift up our hands and worship the Lord. That's not pure worship. John 4, 23 through 24 says, by the, by, but, this, but the time is coming indeed, here now, when true worshipers will arise, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. In order for me to have pure, undefiled worship, the very being of who I am must be controlling my actions. The very being of who I am must control my mind. It must control my soul, therefore controlling my body. My, my worship must be purely from the Spirit. God is looking for authentic worship that's unified with His Spirit. Not only does worship have to be authentic, but worship is a lifestyle. These people had to prepare. You couldn't raise up one bull calf for the year and expect to offer your sacrifice and eat for the rest of the year. Worship was a lifestyle. 
There was preparation that took place. They had to be prepared. They had to know, this is what's going to take place on this day and this year. I'm going to make this covenant with the Lord. I'm going to offer this sacrifice. And when I offer this sacrifice, it's obviously going to be a sacrifice from my herd. Therefore, I need to make arrangements. So, so don't you think that determined their day-to-day activity, knowing what was going to be coming, knowing what they were leading up to? Sure it did. God, I need to make sure that I've got enough grain in my field. I need to make sure I'm working hard enough. I need to make sure I'm doing what I need to do to get to a place that my worship can be my lifestyle. It's day to day to day to day. So when the time comes for me to make my sacrifice, I've got everything I need because I haven't waited till that moment to get what I need. Instead, I've done it day to day to day to day. Worship is a lifestyle. Let's look at worship is not what worship is not. Worship is not a hype. If worship was a hype or worship were aerobics, then you couldn't worship right now at home. Worship is not a hype. Worship is not aerobics. Worship is not me getting together and letting something be the, the song that I love, and that's my faith, that's my jam, and, and I can lift my hands to that. I can even dance around. I can do whatever I want to do in an aerobic way. It's not worship. If that were worship, then you could not worship in this moment. Worship is a lifestyle. Authentic worship is living in a lifestyle that honors God. We have to be moving in the direction of God in every step of our life. When things are good, when things are bad, when I'm up, when I'm down, when I have plenty, when I have none. The true, authentic lifestyle of worship is worship that takes place day in and day out regardless of what the external circumstances look like. I don't need a song to come on the radio. I don't need to stand in front of a worship team, although we have an incredible worship team. I don't need to stand in front of a worship team and have somebody lead me in worship. I can, I can just begin to, to speak out the goodness and the greatness of God. I can enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and the gates are not the doors of this church. Otherwise, you could not fulfill scripture today. His gates of thanksgiving, I can enter into his courts with praise. I can enter into his gates by stepping into the presence of God. The last thing I want to tell you is that true worship is a sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I feel like we've talked about this passage of Scripture a lot over the last couple months. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. How do I worship? Paul just told you. You give your body as a living sacrifice. No, you don't physically need to die on an altar to offer up worship to the Lord. 
A living sacrifice means that you're living. You're living life from one day to the next, to the next, to the next. You're walking out your day-to-day activity. We're walking through the middle of this chaos where there is no normal and there is no day-to-day activity, but we're still living it. We're living our story. And I wonder as we live this story, could God look down at us and see that we're living a lifestyle of authentic worship that is also sacrificial? In Leviticus, we read over and over the regulations and the laws of the old covenant. We talked about this. And there was a day that we celebrate as Christmas now that a Virgin Mary brought Jesus into the earth. And at that point, the Son of God was born on earth. History completely changed forever. It wasn't really his birth, though, that changed history. It was his death and then more so his resurrection. Because now we now have a new covenant. And now we no longer are bound by the laws and the restrictions of the old covenant, but we're bound by the new covenant. On the day of atonement, you can read this in Leviticus chapter 16, there's a special goat. I preached on this several months back called the scapegoat there was a goat to be kept alive the priest had specific orders he was to bring in a bull slaughter it for himself then he was to bring in another animal and slaughter it for the sins of the people then he was to have a goat that was to be kept alive and that priest would lay his hands on the goat and and he would put all the sins of all the people on that goat and that goat would be carried out into the wilderness and there was a strong man, there was, there was a guy that would be the one to carry the goat out. We see scripture play out what God laid out in order in the old covenant was going to be played out in the new covenant. Because now here's Jesus on the scene who bore the sins of everybody. Everybody that was and everybody that is and everybody that was to come. Jesus carried the weight of those sins. And he carried them to the wilderness, to death. And then rose and overcame death in the grave and overcame sin. There was sacrifice. I wonder, is our worship truly a worship of sacrifice? You know, it's in this time that we're living, we were told this week that starting tomorrow, let me be honest with you, we got more people in the building today than we'll be allowed to have next Sunday. It's arrestable for them to show up and us simply have the worship team and the production team here trying to record a service. We've got 15 in the house today. These times are so uncertain. And so we can't keep walking and operating in this normal mode of worship. Our worship's got to shift. Our worship's got to change. God said, 
Don't make for yourself a false idol. Don't even create a carved image. Don't create a sculpture. You better carve out time for me. You better create a Sabbath day. Find a day to take rest. Find a day to focus on me. Recharge, regroup. And respect and reverence my sanctuary. I believe this is the message for today. Just because we move from the old covenant to the new covenant doesn't mean that command's changed. If there's anything in your life that's above worship of the Lord, you better check yourself. I didn't read you to the destruction. Honestly, it gets a little gory. Men eating men. Leviticus chapter 16, read down past, or chapter 26, past 13. God gave his promises. I'll send rain. I'll send the former and the latter rain. Your, your harvest seasons will overlap one right after another. You won't be without. You'll have plenty. You'll have so much. You've got to wipe out the old grain to, to restore with new harvest. I didn't tell you what the punishment was. If there's anything in your life that's above the Lord, you better move it. We no longer have the convenience of saying, well, I go to church. Nah, not right now you don't. Two days out of the week are not buying your way into heaven in this moment. Never has, but you surely can't convince yourself of that now. You better make time for the Lord. We're making time for everything else. We're being forced to make time for things. You need to find a Sabbath. And you better take time to let the Lord recharge your spirit and pour into you to connect you. Here's the one that I want to hit on so strong. Reverence my sanctuary. This room that we refer to as a sanctuary isn't the sanctuary because if you've accepted Christ the presence of God lives within you the sanctuary the, the holy of holies the temple was the place that housed the presence of God God is omnipresent he's everywhere but the word tells us that whenever you became a Christian the Holy Spirit dwells within you he lives within you your body is now the temple of the Spirit of God. And we're to reverence the sanctuary. That means there's no escaping a time of worship. Nadab and Abihu chose. They were given the time. You go into the presence at this time. They still did that wrong. You and I don't even have the option to choose when and how we get to experience the presence of God. Because the presence of God is present in your life in every moment of every day. Is our worship? We need to reverence the sanctuary because God's presence isn't going anywhere. My worship must be present. It's got to be authentic, it's got to be a lifestyle, it's going to be sacrificial. In order for you to live a life 
is a living sacrifice, it means that you put your own desires to the side. That's the new covenant. Your wants, your desires, your sinful nature. Does God give you the desire of your heart? Absolutely. When it's according to his will. God's got a plan. But he's waiting on the true worshipers to rise up and worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to pray for you, Father. I love you, Lord. God, I thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, Lord. I thank you, God, that I no longer have to live bound by the old covenant. I no longer have to live bound by by that law, that covenant, God, but now I live bound by the new covenant. It doesn't mean that I got a way out. It doesn't mean that I no longer have to offer up sacrifice to you. It just simply means that it looks different. It means that now, rather than bringing in dead things, I now get to give you myself that's alive. In order for that to be true and in order for that to take place, God, my worship must be authentic. It must be pure. It must be directly from the down, the down inside core being of who I am must present the worship to you. God, not only should it be authentic, but it must be a day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day activity as I live out this life as a living sacrifice. I'm living my worship. God, and it's going to be sacrificial going to require some things for me to take the things that are above you the idols that I've created and to put behind you to put beneath you God that's a sacrifice for me to take the things that bring me pleasure to take the things that I want present in my life to move them down and put them in their priority order is sacrifice. God, for me to to carve out time to spend with you daily. God, for me to find myself in the word of God. For me to find myself spending time with you in prayer. For me to create a Sabbath throughout the week, God. Not only throughout the week, God, but through every day is a sacrifice for me. Lord, and for me to honor this tabernacle, this temple, this sanctuary of your spirit living within me. Recognizing that you're a present 24 7 365 God in order to do those three things my worship must be authentic it must be my lifestyle and it's going to be sacrificial father I pray blessings on your people God wherever they are whatever they're dealing with Lord some this week have been laid off from their job God Some don't know where the provision's going to come from. Lord, they don't know exactly how you're going to provide. They don't know what raven's going to bring them what they need, God. But I have whole uh, 100% faith and confidence that you're going to provide. God, I pray blessings on your people. I pray, God, that rather than decrease through this season, we see increase. God, rather than loss, we see life. Father, I pray for our families. I pray that you keep them God, maintain their health, protect them. God, but as I said one night this week, Lord, give us the boldness to preach the gospel. Lord, you're in control. You're working all things together for my good. God, let my focus be to be full of your spirit and have boldness to preach the gospel so that people might be saved and the atmosphere might be shifted around us and your Holy Spirit would move on your people. God, I thank you for an opportunity of being in your presence today. I thank you for what you've done here, what you've done in the homes and the places of everybody that's watched. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.